Okay, we're going to turn to the Word. You ready for that today? Ready for some good food from the bread of life? Yeah, me too. I enjoy eating and drinking of the presence of Christ as I share from the Word, as do our other preachers. title of this message is called Jumping into the River. And it basically comes from thinking about what this family we just observed, watching them... um, enjoy skateboarding and swings and laughing together. This continues even in the midst of pandemic chaos. People are really focusing on rejoicing and remembering that God, it's God who has given us all things to richly enjoy even in the midst of some craziness, right? And I think of stuff that I have enjoyed in my life. I totally enjoy my wife and I enjoy my kids and grandkids. I enjoy fellowship with you. I enjoy my motorcycle. I enjoy uh, fishing in the Southern Oregon mountain lakes. I enjoy enjoy good food. (laughs) And I enjoy food that maybe is not so good for me. But, you know, God's given us all things to richly enjoy, the Bible says. So it it always triggers my, my heart to praise and thank God for, for his, uh, for his goodness. Over the course of my life, I think one of the most enjoyable things that I remember as a kid was after working very hard on a summer day, bringing in hay bales. Uh, Every summer, that was tradition. All of our cousins came, and they helped us bring all the hay off the fields into our barn. And over the course of uh, about a week, we brought in all the hay, but every night, we would go swimming down at the Washougal River, which was uh, about two miles from our house. And there was a big rock we jumped into um, the river from. And as we grew older, we jumped off the bridge into, into the water. And it was, you always had to be careful not to bruise your arms slapping the water jumping into the river. But it was a great thrill to jump into the river. And you know, all the things that God has given us to richly enjoy, I don't know what yours might be. I know um, my daughter Sarah, my granddaughter Abby, my wife Brenda, they actually enjoy drawing, drawing pictures. I, I, can't draw, I can't enjoy drawing pictures for, pictures for more than about five seconds. But they actually spend hours drawing pictures. They, they like it. What do you enjoy doing? What, is the, what, what are you praising God for? You can say, God has given me all things to richly enjoy, and I celebrate it. What I wanted to mention, though, is that even in our praise and thankfulness for the good things of our lives, there's absolutely nothing that compares to the deep happiness and joy and fulfillment of the presence of the Holy Spirit. We were wired for the Holy Spirit, He created us to connect with him. On the day of Pentecost, it was reestablished. The Adam and Eve experience of walking with God in the garden was reestablished. There is deep peace, joy unspeakable and full of glory, the Bible says, simply from connecting with God's presence, spirit to spirit. And it's not just for meetings like this. It's an ongoing fellowship with him. Success is sharing all of our life with God, and there can be an ongoing invitation. And often people will say, well, do you have a, do you have a devotional life? And I, I'm not dissing having a devotional life, but in my journey, I believe for me, 
more important than having a devotional life is having a life of devotion. Living for the praise of his glory. Living with ongoing connection with him. I, I want to offer that to you today. That there is this opportunity to jump into the river of the Holy Spirit. That he continually invites us to, to do. And there's great joy in that. Supernatural joy. Evan Roberts in the Welsh Revival. The Welsh Revival. Over 100,000 people came to Christ in the Welsh Revival. And it was marked by joy. Evan Roberts, the 20-something-year-old leader of the, of the revival in Wales in the early, uh, about 1904, 1905, he would stop on the street and just start laughing. And people would like think, he's, this guy's crazy, but he didn't care because he was experiencing something supernatural in the Holy Spirit. I went for a walk a couple of weeks ago around the block that I like to walk for exercise and I was feeling really good in God and I saw a guy across the West Main walking and I felt a sudden impulse to shout something to him across the West Main. And when I feel impulses like this, I typically don't stop to evaluate it and think about it because in the leading of the Spirit, it's like the dancing hand of God. There's a moment to obey, but if you if you overthink it, man, it's gone. And so I, I spontaneously shouted across the street, hey, young man, God wants to give you supernatural joy in your life. I have supernatural joy. God wants to give it to you. And he shouted back to me. He looked a little stunned. <laughs> they shouted back to me, I don't even believe in God. And I shouted back to him, it's too late. God still wants to give that to you. And I walked away with a certain joy because the word of God and the anointed word of God does not return void. And there will never be a time in his life moving forward. I doubt if anyone has ever shouted that across the street to him before. And it may not ever happen again. I don't know if it will or not. But I do know this. He's never going to forget that moment, that anointed moment, that dancing hand of God moment when God spoke. And he may wake up in the middle of the night sometime and know, you know what, I'm empty. I, I need something like that. I need some supernatural joy. Like the basketball star Pete Maravich rolled out of bed one night in the middle of the night thinking about a sermon he heard 18 years before. And the message was clear to him. He rolled out of bed and called on Jesus to save him, became an evangelist his last years of his life simply because the word of God has not returned void. And um, you know what? God is into supernatural joy. And those of you that are watching on our YouTube channel or watching on channel 11 today or one of the other channels that our, show, our program is on, I want to say to you that God is wanting to offer you supernatural joy in your life. It's deep, calling to deep. God has put eternity in our hearts. And there's, there's nothing that answers to the deep longing of our deepest soul and spirit as the presence of God. The Bible says in his presence is fullness of joy. Our own, our own church um, um, theme is enjoying God more and more. That's what the theme of our church fellowship is, enjoying God more and more. And in the Holy Spirit, that is our destiny and that is our desire. 
the first great awakening in the mid-1700s was marked by supernatural joy. The three great preachers of that awakening, George Whitfield, Jonathan, Jonathan Edwards in America, George Whitfield and, uh, and, uh, and uh, John Wesley in England, their lives were marked by supernatural joy. It was joy of the Lord was their strength in difficult times. And in difficult times, the joy of the Lord is our strength as well. I've shared this with our congregation before, but I want to say it again. Alexander Knox, writing of the great, Reform, uh, a great awakening preacher, John Wesley, said this about him in his, when he was in his 80s. Quote, listen carefully. So fine an old man I never saw. The happiness of his mind beamed through his countenance. Every look showed him fully happy. Fully happy. Everybody say fully happy. This is your destiny, your invitation from God. And I'm going to give an invitation at the end of this message for anyone who wants to start on a journey of happiness because there's only true happiness with that spirit-to-spirit connection and that continual baptism of the Holy Spirit that is a river, the Bible says, that flows out of us and into us. And we are jumping into that river in a continual way. In the story of Cornelius in Acts chapter 10, there's a couple of lessons about jumping into the Holy Spirit River that I'd like to visit with you about for a few moments today. Story of Cornelius, Acts chapter 10. My first talking point is Peter. The apostle Peter jumped into the river of the Holy Spirit by jumping into the supernatural work of the Holy Spirit. You know, studies show that parents, when asked what they, what do you want for your child, almost always parents will say, I just want my kids to be happy. But you know, when we just want our kids to be happy, per se, that is a self-destructive thing for them emotionally and spiritually. What we want is for our kids to experience the deep happiness of the presence of God in our lives, the anointing of God in their lives, and living for a cause greater than themselves. One of the great um, lessons that we're learning in our current day with the, with the riots and with the protests and all is that there is a, a, a wave of, of experience, and even though um, a lot of it is going south in a lot of ways, there is a, there is a sense that, that uh, a sense of living for yourself just isn't enough. There is a desire to, do, to be part of something bigger than yourself for change. And I want to say that Peter lived that way. He was taught by Jesus over the course of three years as a disciple Jesus said, I only do what I see the Father doing. And as the Father has sent me, so send I you. And God's saying that to us. As the Father has sent me, so send I you. And I only, only do what I see the Father doing. With, with, um, with Peter, what we find with Peter is in, for instance, in Acts chapter 2, he saw the Father pouring the Spirit out, and he, he preached Peter preached and 3,000 people got saved. That was a supernatural Holy Spirit work, wasn't it? Then in Acts chapter 3, 
on his way to prayer. He hadn't even started praying yet. The Holy Spirit was so restless to get him moving, he didn't, he didn't even want him to wait till he prayed. <laughs> to the disabled guy, silver and gold have I none, but what I have I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And the guy went walking and leaping and praising God. So the song, little kid's song goes. In Acts chapter 5, Peter was walking along, and the sun shined on him, shone on him, and his shadow healed, healed people. That was a good day. Then when he, when he got, when he, um, when he got to one place in Acts chapter 9, there was a, a young lady that had passed away, and he prayed over her, and she, was, she totally rose from the dead. That was a good day, wasn't it? And then when we, what we find in Acts chapter 10 is Peter having a supernatural uh, visitation, a, a vision, but it was preceded by God preparing someone to receive Peter's ministry. And what we, well, the lesson we get from this, from Cornelius, the story of Cornelius who God prepared is that God has a ton of opportunities he is preparing for us and if we are are living a life of communion with him he will always lead us into being a part of his the advancement of his kingdom the glory of the lord spreading over the whole earth as the waters cover the sea the uh, preaching of the gospel everywhere we don't always have to do things just like the pastor or an evangelist or a or a, a friend, or a, someone, you, someone you admire in ministry, a prophetic person. With our own personality, God has placed us in our job, our neighborhood, our school, the situation where we are. God has strategically placed us in a situation where the supernatural life and vitality and, and resurrection power of Jesus through your personality, like no one else's personality, just right. You minister where you are in a way where no one else can minister. You are special being you in that situation. And God will guide and bless and empower you like he did Peter in this situation. We're going to read Acts chapter 10, verse 1 through 6. There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of what was called the Italian regiment, a devout man and one who feared God with all of his household, who gave alms generously to the people and prayed to God always. About the ninth hour of the day, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God coming in and saying to him, Cornelius. And when he observed him, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? So he said to him, your prayers and your alms have come up for memorial before God. Now send men to Joppa and send for Simon, whose surname is Peter. Joppa is about 35 miles to the south of Caesarea. That's where Peter was, and Cornelius was up in Caesarea, up north, 35 miles north. So the friends that, that Cornelius sent south to Joppa had a long walk, 35 miles. He is lodging with Simon a tanner. There in Joppa, whose house is by the sea, and he will tell you what you must do. So God prepared Cornelius for Peter's ministry, and God prepared Peter for the ministry to Cornelius. 
We see in Acts chapter 10, verse 9, the next day, as uh, Cornelius' friends were on their way, on their journey, drew near the city of Joppa, Peter went up on the housetop to pray. Why did he do that? He went up on the housetop to pray, I believe, because he needed to reset. He just uh, raised Dorcas from the dead a few days earlier, and now he was, he was ready for more, like, okay, I'm living in the presence of God, living a life devotion to God, but I, I, need to, I need to actually get away and hang out with God for a bit and say, well, what are you saying? What's next? And, and as he was praying, he had a vision. And in the vision, uh, there was a sheet being let down from heaven with different animals, uh, unclean animals to the Jewish mind and tradition and, and law. And, and he heard the voice of God say, Arise, Peter, kill and eat. And Peter said, No way. And then he heard God say, What God has called clean, don't you call unclean. And uh, then came the knock on the door, and it was Cornelius' friends. And the word that what Peter got from God was, man, you know, I've got to not be prejudiced against the Gentiles. Now, the Jews and the Gentiles, there's no love lost there, typically. I mean, they both had a word for each other called dog in reference to each other. And, and if you can imagine, it, the problem was exacerbated by the fact that Cornelius was part of an, occupy, an officer in an occupying army. No love lost there. But yet, there was this call of God, and God will often call us to minister outside of our comfort zone, outside of our, our what in the natural, we, have, we might uh, sort of not want to, to naturally minister to. You might be uncomfortable ministering to kids. Maybe God's calling you to minister to kids. Maybe you're uncomfortable um, ministering in a, in a retirement center, or maybe Maybe you're uncomfortable ministering at all. <laughs> you know, in the power of the Spirit, though, God is calling us to be deeply committed to the strategy of God in the world and not live for ourselves. But if, as Christian business people, then we, we try to make as much money as we can in order to help advance the kingdom of God, not just to bless our own selves. And everything we do is with reference to the expansion of the kingdom. One of the things that that uh, parents should be teaching their kids, like I mentioned earlier, is not to just live for yourself, but to live for a cause bigger than yourself. Teach our kids from the earliest age that God created them, blood-bought them, designed them, has a call in their life to, in their generation, be, use their gifts, their talents to expand the kingdom of God. Now, Peter did all these amazing things, and he does some more amazing things, gets sprung out of jail in a, the next couple chapters by an angel, which is pretty cool. But he lived a life of supernatural miracles, and whatever the case, God has called us to live in the supernatural as well, one supernatural moment after another. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy, Revelation 19.9. What happened in the Bible the Bible is not a book of religion. It is a book of testimonies that are our family testimonies. And when you read the Bible, you're reading testimonies of what God wants to do again through you, through us. And that leaves a lot of opportunities, a lot of possibilities, doesn't it? I saw dreams here. So you know what I did? I said, God, I want you to speak to me and give me a dream about a way so you want to bless somebody. And last night, I prayed that yesterday. 
Last night, I had a dream, and, it, and I, dream, I, I dreamt, I saw a man, I saw a man, um, and he said, I just want some steady growth spiritually. That's the longing of my heart, some steady growth spiritually. And, and that was a dream. And frankly, I said, God, that wasn't that profound. How about a more profound dream next time? It, it, this was a guy that wants more. But you know what? I felt like God said to the guy that that word is for, that, that dream, your dream is a word of knowledge that God is saying, I know the cry of your heart. You just want to grow spiritually. So whoever is hearing that, I'm telling you, that's for you. If you feel like you've been, that's been the cry of your heart, God sees you. He's wanting to answer that prayer. He's working with you. He is helping you. He is at work helping you to grow spiritually. It's happening because he's at work. I love the power of the testimony. There was a North Medford High School football player that was in on one of our services one time a few years ago, and he heard the testimony of someone that got a healing in their body that the healing was triggered by when they forgave somebody. They got prayer and they weren't healed, but when they, got, when they forgave somebody, the healing was released. And that was a testimony that was released in the congregation, and... This young man, as the service went on, he went out into the lobby and walked back and forth because he had an injury in his knee and he hadn't played for several weeks for North Medford High School. And as he, he all of a sudden, this young man comes up to the front and says, hey, I got, I got something I got to say. He actually almost ran up to the front of the, this was at our church in Holly Street. And I said, well, young man, call, running up here, he must have something to say. <laughs> must be good. He said, I just heard that testimony, and I've had this injured knee. haven't been able to play. I played varsity uh, football. And I went, after I heard that testimony about forgiveness, I needed to forgive somebody. And I declared to God that I forgave him, and immediately I got healed in my knee. And uh, I can go back to practice this week. And I thought that was an amazing example of hearing a testimony. And I'm wondering if that very testimony, if there's somebody here that needs to forgive someone, and, and if that might trigger a healing in your life, in the inside as well as maybe on the outside. So receive that from God if that's you today. My second major talking point this time is that Peter not only jumped into the river of God's strategic plan, and that was to uh, hitch his wagon to the purposes and work of Jesus in the world. John Wimber said we need three conversions. We need to be converted to Jesus, the person of Jesus, the church of Jesus, and the cause of Jesus. Well, Peter was, he jumped into the cause of Jesus, the supernatural work of Jesus through the Holy Spirit on the planet. He had great joy his whole life doing that. Secondly, Peter jumped into the river of the Holy Spirit by jumping into a personal life philosophy of love, acceptance, and forgiveness. Now, often we've talked about that triad of love, acceptance, and forgiveness and the power of it in the context of our church community. And um, we've talked about them one at a time, but really they are a triad uh, a, a wonderful, powerful triad that work together 
to release the life of Jesus into ourselves and into other people's lives. We see this in Acts 10, verse 34 and following. Peter opened his mouth uh, when he went to see Cornelius in Caesarea. And he had said to um, Cornelius, hey, you know what? Uh, in my religion, I'm not even supposed to come into your house. So right from the get-go, that's so insulting to Cornelius. How would you like someone to knock on the door, knock on your door and say, you know what, I'm, spiritually, your house is unclean, but you know what, and you're really lucky I'm here. Kind of a feeling. So that's the first thing Peter says is, God's making me do this, I don't really want to. Kind of an attitude. So Cornelius has to forgive Peter, and Peter probably had some dis- had some bias against Cornelius because not only was he a Gentile dog, but he was also a um, a military occupying officer. So anyway, God is asking them to forgive each other and they step up, they man up and they forgive each other and all heaven breaks loose in the context. Peter opened his mouth and said, in truth, I perceive that God shows no partiality. God shows no partiality, but in every nation, and in the Greek that word is ethnicity, in every ethnicity, whoever fears him and works righteousness is accepted by him, is accepted by him, is accepted by him. We need to recognize, my friends, that when we align ourselves with love, acceptance, and forgiveness in the face of uh, people that are rioting, people that have difference of opinion with regards to all kinds of things that we interact with, that, that relationship is more important than being right, and, um, and operating out of what, as Anthony and Alyssa shared earlier, out of loving even our enemies, doing good to those that hate us, pray for those who despitefully use us and persecute us, that this sort of... Uh, this sort of embracing of what Peter and Cornelius did actually releases an anointing of the Holy Spirit and great power to us as well as, as well as provides an environment for God to pour his spirit out in, without measure on the people that we are ministering to. The word, verse 36, which God sent to the children of Israel, preaching peace through Jesus Christ, he's Lord of all, that word you know which was proclaimed throughout Judea and Galilee after the baptism which John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. He went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. And then verse 44, while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word. Peter... And his friends that came with him, his Jewish friends from Joppa up to Caesarea, Cornelius and all of his Gentile friends, because of love, acceptance, and forgiveness, the word, in the context of preaching, the word came with great power on them, and it began a great new life for them in God. They received the baptism of the Holy Spirit before they even got baptized in water, before they even confessed Christ as Lord. That's doesn't always fit our sequence of how things ought to be. But God does not limited to his own rules sometimes. You know, he's just outside of the box himself and that did this amazing thing. 
we have an opportunity in the face of what's going on in America today, both with the pandemic and with the, with the riots, to love, accept, and forgive. Doesn't mean we have to agree with people, but it does mean, acceptance doesn't mean we have to agree with them, but it, I mean, Peter didn't have to sign on the dotted line and say it is good that Rome is occupying Judea. We don't have to agree, but we can bless them as persons. God's favor and blessing is always on unity and love and acceptance and forgiveness. Think of William Seymour in the Zeus Street Revival. It's an amazing revival that uh, went on for seven years. Over 700,000 people up to this point have been impacted from that foundation of the Azusa Street Revival. But one of the most profound things about the Azusa Street Revival is that people from a diversity of backgrounds came together to worship. Men, women, children, black, white, Asian, Native American, rich, poor, educated, and uneducated, people of all ages for for seven years, between 300 to 1,500 people came from all over the world to be blasted by the Holy Spirit. They all flocked to Los Angeles with a desire and a hunger to participate in this outpouring of the Holy Spirit. God blesses the, the blessing of ethnicities, blessing each other. And I want to tell you, I, want, I don't agree with all that Morgan Freeman says in some of his philosophies, but I do like this um, I know there's all kinds of levels of things, and I can say, yes, that makes sense to all kinds of words from Christians in this day, but how do you stop racism? This is what Morgan Freeman says, and I think he's right on this. Stop talking about it. I'm going to stop calling you a white man. I'm going to ask you to stop calling me a black man. I think that's, in my heart, the cream that rises to the, to the top People are people. God created them in his image. And our job is to, is to declare to them that Jesus values them. My friends, we all matter to God. He thinks about us all the time. He's always in a good mood towards us. He is so totally for us. He sent Jesus to die in our place on that cross. Love, acceptance, and forgiveness in our interactions with each other releases the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You know, I like swimming, my motorcycle, my family, as I mentioned. But what God, you know what's on the top of God's list every day? Who is open to receiving a fresh baptism of the Spirit? It just makes my day when people are open, I can dump more of the Holy Spirit on them. He, he couldn't even wait for Peter to finish his sermon. He just, Bam! Poured his spirit out. Why? Because there was an environment of love, acceptance, and forgiveness in the room. And, and a, a climate of hate, rejection, and bitterness. Even if it's not articulated, if it's even, just in your heart, just in our hearts, it impedes and inhibits the flow and outpouring of God on us. There is a direct correlation between getting rid of hate, rejection, resentment in our hearts and the outpouring of God through us and on us as a church family in, our, in, our, in, each, um, in each engagement we have with anybody in the world. Starts in the home, my friends. Starts in the home. Everybody say it starts in the home. Remember Joseph? 
Remember his brothers in Genesis? Joseph had all this, all this crazy stuff happen to him over all those years. His brothers came, and they said, Dad's, Dad died, but we want you to know, Joseph. He said, you're supposed to forgive us. And Joseph was ready. You know, he was ready. He, he probably knew that they, they were making that story up, but he still forgave them. And you know what happened because he forgave them? He, it says that he treated them, he spoke kindly to them, and he provided for them. So forgiveness isn't, I forgive him, I forgive her, I'm just going to have nothing to do with her or him. That's not what forgiveness is. Unless you're in a place where you don't want to subject yourself to ongoing abuse. You're never asked to do that. But if you can, always step up with kind words and with some kind of blessing and provision to the person that you're forget, uh, forgiving. It's very, very powerful. Judah was one of the brothers that Joseph forgave. Out of the line of Judah eventually comes the Messiah, Jesus. So an environment of love, acceptance, and forgiveness actually brings forth Christ. And I want to say that continues today. Peter jumped into the river of the Holy Spirit by jumping into the supernatural strategic work of God, expecting, anticipating a continual flow of the miraculous. Well, what if it doesn't happen and I try that? It doesn't work, Pastor Dad. I just can't do any miracles. So to the Spirit and forgive the rest. <laughs> just keep going. It's a, it's a philosophy of life we're committed to. And realize that God watches love, acceptance, and forgiveness and bombs into it with his anointing. He pours his spirit into that environment. We are going to have some words of knowledge now. Our word of knowledge team's coming up with impressions from the Holy Spirit for healing. So if you guys would come up all the way up to the top and we'll give those words and pray today for anyone that has those needs. Come on all the way up here. Impressions from the Holy Spirit for healing. I believe that God wants to release an anointing of fire and an acceleration of his power because of our hunger for more of God and because of Pentecost. Receive a fresh anointing. Agitation in the stomach area and receive peace. Speak to your mountains with authority as if with the tongue of fire. I believe some people are feeling surrounded uh, by enemies of their soul. And I just want to declare that in the area of depression or anxiety, if you're suffering in this way, we want to pray for you and the battle belongs to the Lord. For all these, if you're at home, I invite you to stand up right now and put your hand on or near area 
um, for healing or and also here in the congregation today will you stand up if you're identifying with any of these I'm not going to single out what is what I just want to bless you and pray for you plus any other need right now let's all stand up right now as well we had people stand up for healing but everybody stand up and put your hand on or near a place where you need healing or just on your head or on your heart for a fresh experience of the Spirit. Come Holy Spirit, all these words for healing, we identify them, we take hold of them, we say be healed. Thank you for the supernatural river. We jump into it right now. Those that are at home experiencing the healing right now. Those in the in the congregation today receiving healing right now. Those of us right now receiving a fresh filling of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit's coming down like a dove right now, descending down on us with fresh power. Thank you, God. Silence is not awkward. Silence is pregnant with possibilities of spirit baptism. So right now, receive because he's coming with power onto you in a fresh way. Hallelujah. We bless us all with your power and presence and declare the truth is setting us free. We can do this every day, 24-7, middle of the night. You're always so willing. You are so for us. We matter to you. You're always in a good mood towards us. You think about us all the time. You are so for us. We matter to you. And you want to give us the power to jump into the river. Hallelujah. We jump. Everybody say we jump. jump. Amen. God bless you. Have a super, super week. Thanks for being with us today.